I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, this is Wit and Reason, and I'm Dr. Alexis Moreno. We're going to be talking all about LGBTQ 101, what it means, best practices, and how to engage with folks in your everyday life. Welcome to Wit and Reason, hosted by psychologist Dr. Alexis Moreno. Dr. Moreno brings her expertise to providing smart and practical explanations on human behavior by interviewing diverse health experts regarding today's ever-evolving life and culture, turning social science and research into relatable, accessible, and useful information you can use. Listen now as Dr. Moreno brings a little bit of positive mental health to your day. Hey, Wit and Reason listeners, I am here on a very special day because I have my sibling, Lalo Moreno, Professor Lalo Moreno, here in the studio with me in person. Thank you so much for being here, Lalo. Thank you for having me. This is very exciting. So you are my very first blood relative to be here in the studio with me. Winning. I like emphasize Hashtag the winning. Like, blood relative piece because mm-hmm. I had like... Uh, Jess here, who's associated with me by marriage. Oh, I love Jess. I know, me too. Okay, so thank you so much for being here. Very special treat for all of us. I got to introduce Lalo to all of my colleagues here at DC Radio, and it's such a very proud moment for me as a big sister to have you here. (laughs) Everyone's warm and inviting, um, so it's been great. (laughs) Yay! Okay, so we are here to talk all about LGBT. Q? Mm-hmm. Q. Um, 101. Now, I kind of like, even in my own uh, pronunciation of the letters, I kind of struggle a bit because it seems to change sometimes. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's LGBT, that's it. Yes. LGBTQ, mm-hmm. LGBTQIA, LGBTQ+. Plus. Mm-hmm. And so we're now at a place, 2019. Yes. <laughs> Let me put a date on it. Or it's LG- LGBTQ. Yes. Okay. Well, there's a lot of different 
ways that you can say it. It really yeah. just depends on which members of the community you're going to highlight. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of disagreement even within the community. Um, and so it really just depends on how you feel most comfortable and who you're talking about. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So for today's show, LGBTQ, and we'll go all into it. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your background in helping educate people about LGBTQ folks and what you do in our whole community yeah um so i do all kinds of things really um kind of a modge podge Uh so i work as a professor of leadership at loyola marymount university and i'm also the director of the lgbtq student services office there that's right and a big yeah (laughs) and all of my classes around leadership really focus on queer leadership and queer narratives and how we can learn different forms of leadership from the queer community and what does that look like for us oftentimes we don't really get represented in things like history or leadership or business and so Mm. talking about it in courses really helps students who otherwise wouldn't have access to that information Uh, we also or I also focus on a business that my business partner and I started uh, called Expanding Identities Development Still Um, shout out Expanding Identities repping EID Um, (laughs) and we are a training and consulting company that focuses on the leadership and brilliance um, and engagement of queer cultural proficiency both within the workforce nonprofits, universities and that work funds the free work that we do in high school and middle school GSAs and pride clubs, right? We spend a whole bunch of time telling our students and telling our youth that it's going to get better and that the world is going to be ready to receive them. And oftentimes we run into the situation where employers aren't ready or don't have policies or even bathrooms for us. Yeah. And so we're setting them up for failure by not preparing these employment opportunities so that they can seek gainful employment that are also validating of their identities. Absolutely right. And I mean, it makes me think of those visual graphics that we see as far as like the amount of income that people make according to their demographic population. Mm -hmm. So you see like women making less than men still. You see um, black or African-American folks, uh, Latinx folks making like less and less than white folks. Mm -hmm. And then and then, of course, you'll even consider like LGBTQ folks. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, and that breakdown. The Williams Institute out of UCLA's law program did a study, I believe, last year that was on the socioeconomic gain of LGBTQ, specifically lesbian couples versus gay couples, so mm. gay male couples. And you'll see that we have a statistical difference of socioeconomic attainment over our lifespan yeah. because there's two female identified folks in a relationship as opposed to two male identified folks. And then it also, gets incredibly less the more that you engage race and Mm -hmm. educational attainment most of us can't make it through university and things of that nature Mm -hmm. either because we don't have financial support or family support yeah and so those things all play a big factor yeah okay so since this is 101 let's rewind a bit can you define all of the letters yes yeah definitely (laughs) Uh, so l in LGBTQ, I'm really happy that it comes first yeah. um, because it's one of my populations. Uh, a little um, Yes. So just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so L stands for lesbian. So okay. those are um, assigned female at birth or female identified folks who engage in relationship together. So okay. two females or two female identified folks. Uh-huh. Um, and that's none of these are really respective to your biological makeup. So okay. how you are ad- identified by your doctor at birth. Um, so this is a self-identification. Got it. Um, and then the G uh, in LGBT is for gay. Mm-hmm. You could use gay as a lesbian person. I use it sometimes, like I'm gay. Yeah. Um, but it generally and traditionally stands for gay men um, in this population, okay. or same same sex loving, same gender loving. And when um, when lesbian use when lesbians use uh, 
gay as an identifier, is that with just within the lesbian community, or can it depends is it appropriate on, for cisgender or heterosexuals to identify lesbians as gay? I think it really just depends on your community. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't make it as a best practice. Okay. So just like identify however this person has self-identified. Right? Don't ascribe things to people. The whole notion of our community, the whole ethos is not to make assumptions, right? Mm-hmm. And letting people identify for themselves and giving them the agency and, and the power to really identify and label ourselves. What a crazy idea what? that <laughs> like letting <laughs> that people name themselves. That we're encouraging people to learn about and listen to other people and mm-hmm. use that information to inform how they interact with them. Exactly. Right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Concept. All right. So then we got B. Yes. So that stands for our bisexual community. Okay. Um, oftentimes one of our most underrepresented communities because they experience a lot of erasure, mm-hmm. um, either because when they're in a same sex couple, it erases their, their bisexual nature of, you know, being attracted to another gender. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also right passing privilege that exists there as well. So right. they can pass as um, cisgender heterosexual couples and so there's a lot of discussion there. So not a lot of attention, but more and more attention is being drawn towards our bi community, especially as our statistics are incredibly growing. More mm-hmm. youth now are identifying in the bisexual, pansexual area than they are lesbian or gay. Yeah. Um, and so bisexual, uh, not to be confused with pansexual, but bisexual folks is two or more genders, an attraction to two or more genders, not necessarily an attraction to male or female folks. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then yeah. you also mentioned pansexuals. So yes. I'll throw that out there. So that's the P in LGBTQIAP. Um, I didn't even mention that one. Yeah. Um, okay. So pansexual, not an attraction to bread, if you're saying bread in Spanish, not that, mm, or an attraction fun. to pans. Um, <laughs> so it's it's an attraction to humans based on, or not based on their gender or sexual makeup. Okay. Um, so not based on their gender presentation, right? Um, you talk about feminine clothing and attire as we as society determine what feminine coded things are. Right. Um, it's more an attraction to that person yeah awesome all right okay so then we also have the t yes that's for our transgender community yay Yay. um so our trans community is encompassing of those who identify as trans male or trans female um it also includes our non-binary community our gender non-conforming community so they all kind of exist under this umbrella of transness but Uh the experiences are vastly different across the board right so i as a non-binary or bi-gender person fall under the trans umbrella but my experience Mm -hmm. is vastly different from a trans woman especially a trans woman of color and so we have different levels of access um, and different levels of privilege that we then support each other with. Um, and so that those are for our folks who do not identify with how they were assigned at birth, right? So mm-hmm. you're born, the doctor looks in between your legs, which is often uh-huh. super problematic, yeah. um, but looks in between your legs and determines that your gender, uh-huh. which often gets conflated with sex, um, is male or female. Uh-huh. And really, it's far more complex because it involves your chromosomes, and that's where we get into intersex folks. Mm-hmm. Um and so that is, those folks do not identify with how the doctor assigned them at birth. Got it. Okay. So does everyone get that? That was like a big <laughs> overview. It was a well, lot of information. Well, and I have a follow-up question for the T. Okay. Okay. So the T in LGBTQ stands for transgender, which mm-hmm. is like this umbrella. Yes. Um, now, can you help explain for our listeners the difference between transgender and transsexual? Or transvestites? Yes. Or yes. Um, is that even so, appropriate? Yeah. Well, yeah. we don't use transvestites <laughs> or transsexuals anymore. There are members of the community who do. So mm-hmm. if someone self-identifies 
perfectly fine. Once again, it's about us identifying ourselves. But as a broad-based community, even for our cisgender heterosexual folks, Mm -hmm. don't use transsexual um, or transvestite, especially transvestite. Um, It really depends on where you are around the world. So in Mexico, transvestis is Mm -hmm. commonly used, and it's a very empowering term. Here, it really isn't as much. So our best practice is don't use it. Just use transgender or trans folks um, as a general best practice and then let someone self-identify otherwise. Uh But it's more of an internal community uh, label as opposed to something that we'd be referred to by others. And what's the reason why it's not not used anymore, not recommended? So there it has a historical denigrating um, vocabulary mm-hmm. to it. Um, it has a lot of trauma associated, similar to the word queer, mm-hmm. um, which has been reclaimed by parts of our community, but not all of our community. Yeah. Um, and so there are some folks who use it to self-identify because it's most accurate for them. Um, mm-hmm. In in historical contexts, uh, transsexuals would be folks who had actually gone through the surgery or had intention of going through surgery. Uh-huh. Not all transgender folks want to go through surgery mm-hmm. um, or they'll do some parts of surgery, right? So the objective isn't to pass pass as a cisgender person all the time. Sometimes it is for some folks. Um, But it has a lot of historical negative connotation to it, so most people don't use it anymore. But some some of our members do. Some of our community members do. Keep a lookout on your language, people. Mm -hmm. We're sticking to transgender. Yeah, or trans folks. Or trans folks. I like folks. I don't know why it's like a struggle for me to get that word out of my mouth, but I do like it because I I want some kind of word that I could feel comfortable to like safely use mm-hmm. while I'm like out there on the streets. Yeah. You know, like talking to strangers. Yeah. I wouldn't say like a transgender, like that's super inappropriate. No, yeah, yeah. Um, but you'd be like trans folks or trans folks. I, I like yeah. to shorten it because I feel like it's more of a popular nomenclature. Or this um, person it's more is familial. transgender. Yeah. And you definitely don't want to add the ED uh-huh. to transgendered. It okay. elicits that something has happen to this person or Uh that something um that this is something that needs to be changed or adjusted right right and so transgender Mm -hmm. or transgender community or trans community all right now there's still the q Mm -hmm. yes so the q can stand for questioning which is one of the most popular ones but q also stands for queer which can okay that's what i was confused about i was like okay which one is it Mm mm-hmm so that's the great thing about the LGBT community, <laughs> yeah. or as I like to lovingly call the queer community, and I'll explain why in a minute, um, is that everything is really different based on that person. Yeah. Um, and so it can be quite confusing. It can be overwhelming, and that's okay, right? We are undoing a millennia of socialization, right? Yeah. We've been socialized to think of people in this one way. And so we're working through kind of deconstructing that and becoming more holistic about how we view people and how we view their identities and how we engage with them. So um, any uh, discomfort or confusion you might be feeling at this point is a good thing. Because mm-hmm. you're <laughs> processing. Yeah, you're, proce- you're learning something new mm-hmm. it's an evolving mm-hmm. um i don't know like evolving like aspect of life mm-hmm. and so if you are like struggling with like okay there's these letters and i gotta mm-hmm. know what they each mean and like everyone has their own interpretation of it and it depends on what country i'm in yep. if you're feeling overwhelmed and confused then that's you're okay. on the right track yeah. then we're you're doing our okay. job yeah. <laughs> um and and that's okay right just take yeah. a deep breath and remember that no one expects you to know everything yeah right um that's why there are people like me who do this work because our job is to educate folks mm-hmm. from this perspective right and so that our community members as individuals don't have to do that on their day to day yeah um which is really exhausting and so that's why i'm really passionate about this work and and increasing this education so that 
you know, my kiddos or the students that I work with don't have to do this every single day with every single faculty member or every single person that they meet. Right. Mm -hmm. Ideally, it would just be like introducing yourself, you know, under any circumstances. Hi, I'm, you know, Alexis Moreno. Um, You know, my pronouns Mm -hmm. are she, her, and then that's it. Yeah, well, I usually do, um, hi, my name is Lalo Moreno. My pronouns are they and them. Um, How may I refer to you today? Right, because yeah. it could, um, right, gender identity is is fluid in some contexts. Yeah. And so one day someone might feel comfortable with she and her. The next day they might prefer they and them. The next day it might be he and him. Right, so it's I like to be really say, tough for people who interact with them, though. So it can be. Would the person then, so then the person would then have to, ex, you know, explain their pronouns for that time period, right? Or if it switches? You would just give them the opportunity to share their pronouns again. How, right. Like um, how frequently you think? It, it's up to them. Um, okay. I'll ask a student every time they come in for a meeting. Okay. Um, I'll just say like, hey, how are you? What pronouns are we using today? And okay. then they'll tell me and I move forward. Okay. Right? Cool. So it's more, most of the work, so it's less about remembering what their pronouns are any given day and charting it that for them. Be, yeah, That's that exhausting. That would be really tricky. Yeah. Um, I, I, okay, I'm not going to lie, I struggle with names, mm-hmm. okay? <laughs> That's like the very basic, like, human social skill. And I struggle so much with names. And so the thought of having to then, like, you know, adjust these things and, yeah. like, remember people's pronouns and stuff, and if it changes, I'm like, oh, shoot, I'm screwed. Yeah. <laughs> it's a process. Yeah. It's a process. But you're saying, mm-hmm. okay, we it's not necessarily our responsibility um, as, like, social creatures yeah. out there to remember everyone's pronouns it's in it's more about remembering to ask people Mm -hmm. and to give people the space to claim their own names and their own labels Mm -hmm. and then use that name and label from then on Mm -hmm. and then giving them the space again if they want to adjust them okay um and so i'll always check in with my students Mm -hmm. or with people that i work with um and that's a part of my role and of my job but it's also something that that i've instilled in myself as a as a best practice yeah um You'll find that our our language is so inherently gendered in everything that we talk about. It is. And it's and so I remember when I started doing this work about definitely a decade, but around seven or so years ago, mm-hmm. um, I was doing a lot of work with the LA LGBT Center and training and education and more so with, you know, high school and middle school students. Um, but I wanted to really try and make things as gender neutral as possible to give people the opportunity to share with me mm-hmm. their gendered identities. And so a big part of that was I spent a solid three weeks not gendering anything. Yeah. Um, I used they and them for almost everything, or I tried to. And anything after three weeks becomes a habit. Um, and so <laughs> I'm like looking at the calendar, like it's been like a year for me. <laughs> so I did this exercise. I did yeah. this exercise, and this is like right um, something that I, I really wanted to try out. And I a realized how much everything was gendered, but then also b realized how after practicing and making everything neutral for mm-hmm. me really helped me be more aware of when I'm asking people or how I can engage with folks. Um, And so I generally come from, for myself as a best practice, from a neutral stance until otherwise specified. Mm -hmm. And, right, it's not making neutral neutrality for neutrality's sake Mm -hmm. it's more about giving people the space and time yeah right so that's more of the theme of giving space and time to people giving them the agency and not making assumptions about how they may identify based on how they're dressed or how their voice sounds right um or how they might look screw that i mean even before people were talking more about gender neutrality Mm -hmm. um 
people were already struggling with like masculine and feminine things because yeah. you know some women would be mistaken as masculine you know and so just kind of wiping it all yeah. and going to a neutral level mm-hmm. will just help everyone avoid all kinds of yeah. awkward shenanigans moments. yeah <laughs> um right because then if you're coming from a space of neutral or a space of non then yeah. i'm leaving it open for you to tell me who you are and yeah. i haven't imposed my idea of who you are so it's less work for me to remember who yeah. you are when you tell me because i haven't made an assumption as to how you're gonna refer to yourself right yeah okay so we're siblings we're we're related grew up together um and you know going through this process with you as your big sister has been really interesting for me because you know i've studied psychology um i have like graduate level education in like human beings we do take some courses in um in multicultural like competency um humility um, sexual orientation, LGBTQ um, related aspects um, of, pop- of people that we work with. And yet I wouldn't be as prepared as a professional and like a person in this world if it wasn't for you. And I know that it's, I'm sure like I've fumbled along the way, you know, don't nod. <laughs> you have. <laughs> That's a- you can't yes. be like, I've done that. Yes. I'm like, yes, yes. you have. Yes. <laughs> this is the affirmative. <laughs> yes, yes. No, I'm sure I fumbled along the way because, I mean, like, you know, we have, like, our professional hats and then we have, like, our personal hats. Um, and then we're all just learning along the way. And there's, like, only so much education you could get in textbooks mm-hmm. um, and even in your professional lives if you're um, working in social services. But, I mean, it's... Either way, I think a lot of this process comes with humility and and self-compassion to, like, understand, like, it is a big switch Mm -hmm. for people, regardless of where you come from and your education, and to just have that patience with yourself and with others and continuing to be open with um, learning about everyone's experiences and process and where they're at and... Yeah, I think also, and and that's what the one of the best um, feedback uh, components that we get as expanding identities development when we do trainings. Um, the number one thing in all of our you know report backs is you know we loved how you know affirming you were of folks who were having a hard time. Right, yeah. this isn't something where we're trying to shame people. We understand that this is new to a lot of people, even though it's not new to the world or it's not new to identity development mm-hmm. um, or to queer folks or LGBTQ folks in general. Um, but that it's new to a lot of people to think of the world in a different way and to think of humans in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so when we have these conversations, we want to come from a space of, right, we can't ensure that every space is going to be safe for people. I can't guarantee that, especially now mm-hmm. in this world. But what I can guarantee is that we're all going to come from a brave space, that you can talk to me with mm-hmm. the language that you have at your disposal. And I'm not going to shame you for that, right? You are in a process of learning and becoming. Yeah. And so sometimes people are prohibited, they prohibit themselves from talking because because they're afraid of saying something offensive or they're afraid of messing up or being rude. And believe me, we have heard it all. We do this training with elementary students and they are um, so unfiltered and I love them for it. Um, But we've really heard it all. And so a big part of it is just we have picked up these things in our society and these messages and these undertones that we might not even really relate to or comprehend, but they exist in our peripheries. They're a part of our Mm -hmm. biases. Um, And we all have them because we're human and we soak up information at a rapid rate. And our jobs as our brains, um, our brains are designed to categorize things and put them into boxes. And people are not boxes. Mm -hmm. So we're undoing all of the boxes that we 
excuse me, that we have created yeah. this um, this whole time. And so wanting to really just allow people the space to use the language that they have, to ask us questions, to mm-hmm. not worry about being rude or inappropriate so that we can help them learn. Yeah. Right? Learning is a brave process. It is terrifying to admit that you do not know something. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to not know something. Yeah. It's just about the effort and the attempt that you're trying to make to understand people. <sighs> It's been quite a journey. <laughs> Not gonna lie, <laughs> but I'm privileged in a sense to have you as a sibling to to like help you know educate me about and mm-hmm. and that you feel comfortable enough to like talk to me about all of these things every step of the way in our lives together. Um, and I feel so fortunate that you have felt comfortable to talk to me about all of these things and and work with me as I like try to learn and understand and appreciate and um and allow me to be that person in our family system um too to help advocate you know for you and raise awareness within our family system because we're we're Mexican mm-hmm. we're Mexican American <laughs> we're Mexican American <laughs> um, that's a whole thing raise Catholic <laughs> you know um so talk about putting people in boxes yep. right um and and so we have to you know, kind of deconstruct these things, even within our own family system. Yep. And that's hard as well. Yeah. And I always tell people that, um, that my sister is probably one of my, my biggest allies, right? Like you're the Marines, you go in first and you explain (laughs) things to the family so that when I come in, I don't get a bunch of ridiculous questions that make me tired and I have to answer and I'm not getting paid for that at that point. Right. Um, No one's paying me. So (laughs) at that point, I think it's, you know, it's finding that person who is your ally, not only in your family, if you're fortunate enough to have an ally in your family, but also in your friendship group um, to find someone who can help you find an affirmative therapist, which is, you know, yes, you take a couple of classes and that's Mm -hmm. great. um, But this work is so um, and these identities are so um, ambiguous and there's just so much to them. They're so nuanced that it's really hard to find a good therapist who knows things. The tricky thing is that it's fluid and it's evolving, Mm -hmm. you know, and as therapists, you know, we are required ongoing, um, continuing education specifically in LGBTQ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, in addition to like law and ethics, like it's up there with everything else because it's one of those things that's continuously evolving. So that is something we are required to have additional training in. Um, and at the same time, I mean, you only know as much as you know, and you don't know what you don't know, you know, so, um, it does take a lot of engagement. Yeah. And therapy is like one venue, right? And that's why Mm -hmm. I I really bring up allyship in this concept of what it means to be there. And, and I think of allyship a little less about like being this passive person, but I think of it more of a, a co-conspirator. You are co-conspiring with me (laughs) to change the way and to adapt the way that people see me, to see my community, um, to understand me, to ask me who I am, as opposed to making assumptions. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's processing through that together and using different levels of your own privilege Mm -hmm. to kind of make space for me. I always tell my students it's less about our names in history books and it's more about us kicking doors down and stepping out of the way so that people who don't have that access can go in there right. and to take the stage, right? Mm-hmm. And that means deferring your own um, your own merit, your own privilege, your own power in those spaces. Mm-hmm. But it's really important as we look to being allies and, and accomplices together. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for all of your education and that you're, you've been sharing with us um, on today's show, LGBTQ 101. What would you say would be like three to five 
best practices or recommendations you would make for for everybody, you know, pe- mm-hmm. either whether um, they identify themselves within the LGBTQ mm-hmm. um, population or a s- cisgender <laughs> heterosexuals <laughs> um, across the board. What, what would you think would be some, okay. some tips? So I would suggest first and foremost, <laughs> yeah. never make assumptions. That's the first one. That's a great one. Yeah, Rule that was a great one. message. No, no assumptions about people, how they identify, what they're wearing, what they're dressing as, mm-hmm. um, right, how they're trying to present themselves. Um, so, right, no assumptions. Giving people the agency and the space to really identify. Mm-hmm. Um, the next would be never, ever, ever out anyone. Just because someone's out in one space doesn't mean that yeah. they're out in all spaces. So mm-hmm. always check with people to make sure that you are referring to them in the right context at the right space and time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have some students or I have some folks in my life who are, you know, out with their family, but they're not out at school. Or they're mm-hmm. out in one class, um, in history class, but they're not out in you know, their sociology class. Yeah. Right. So really asking and making sure that you're referring to people in the right space too. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a good practice of just being mindful of, you know, people's identities and, and having, um, having that agency, mm-hmm. um, and the consent to refer to them how they would like to be referred. Cause a lot of this is really around consent as well. And we can totally do a whole oh, yeah, other so- show on like <laughs> consent and queerness. That's so true. Um, yeah. and so, you know, that would be the second one. The third one would be to continue your own education. Um, it mm-hmm. is not incumbent upon queer folks or yeah. LGBT folks to educate you. Some of us really love to do it like me, right? Mm-hmm. I've taken this on as my job. Um, but, and, but like you said, yeah. when you're with your family and you're off the clock, mm-hmm. you're not getting paid for it that's I'm some, not doing it that's some freaking <laughs> emotional labor there it you is. know and so everyone needs to do their own yeah education as well um and you know the internet can be all so kinds of crazy mm-hmm. so what would be like one great resource that you would recommend for people <laughs> i'm like <laughs> just like shameless plug yeah. um, oh, expanding hey. identities development right? I, I hear that's like a great company. it's a great organization <laughs> um we are very integral about which resources that we present to people making yeah. sure that it is intersectional in that i'm not only considering your gender identity or your sexual orientation but i'm considering your race your ethnicity your religious background your socioeconomic status so when i make recommendations for references yeah. or resources those are some of the things that i consider when i put them all together for folks um another really great organization would be p flag so parents and friends of lesbians and gay folks. Um, They are open to all folks and all identities. It's just a bit of an older organization, so thus the name. Um, So for parents and friends, that would be another really amazing organization. And if you're into like stats and resources, the Williams Institute is constantly putting out new content if you're interested in more of the statistics. Awesome. Thank you so much, Professor Lala Moreno. (laughs) You can put all of these tips and activities into action today. Visit witandreason.com to get links to the resources we shared on today's show and to connect with me, Dr. Alexis Moreno, and Professor Lala Moreno from Expanding Identities Development. Did you hear something on the show today that you relate to on a personal level? Share your story. Send us your recording on witandreason.com slash speakup, and we may be able to post it on our LGBTQ and support show page to help others navigate LGBTQ best practices. A special thank you to DC Radio and Professor Lala Moreno. And of course, thank you all for listening. Stay posted on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Wit and Reason. 
and DC Radio for our next show. I'm Dr. Alexis Moreno. Let's keep the conversation going. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.